talk about hitting the ground running. <laughs> we, you, we we fucking hit the ground and just kept falling. You want to talk about jumping out the train and landing straight upright. It's Super Nerd Pals. Episode 128. Again, for the kids <laughs> in the back, I'm Stan Gadurski. I'm Chris Sampson. I'm Andy Carascola. Jesus and this is, uh, Christ. This is the this is no a PUBG free Destiny free. This, this <laughs> is what happens. This is what happens when Stan decides that fuck this. I'm gonna record and not say anything. I wanted well, to. I mean, and- I mean, Stan. Stan's a he's a self sufficient podcast machine. He got the wasabi, and then he turned on Hindenburg. So yeah, it had everything yeah, running. To record. So on this end, everything has been going just peachy keen. I heard your entire phone conversation, and that's why I decided as soon as you put the headphones on, we were going to go because I wanted to. I kind of wanted to see what you're going to do, Andy. If you're going to sink or swim, and you did pretty good, pretty pretty professional. As I, uh, I, I, I always fucking swim. Anyway, so if you check not the always. ingredients list on the Super Nerd Pals podcast, you will see that Destiny Two and PUBG are not listed <laughs> on the ingredients. Um, Listeners, since this is audio medium, just to clarify stan just picked up like a box of crackers or something and flashed it in no it's the super nerd pals podcast box that's this is us here the official the official box yeah it's uh 200 nice 200 calories uh eight grams of fat um only one gram of saturated fat no, no it trans has to fat. be it has to be it has to be other things it has to be two percent of comics Four percent of movies. Two percent. Well, I'm just, I'm just using fucking whatever. Andy, Shut you're up. angering Stan. No, no, no. You're messing with the secret that's formula. not. That's not the um. That's not. That's not the top part of the the nutrition facts. That's the oh, bottom. That's the that's bottom the, part. Yeah. That's the vitamins. The vitamin percentage. Usually, that's where because you you still get the your cal your calories for the day or whatever from the podcast, but then you also get. You know, your 100% intake of comics for the day or whatever. 0% PUBG. 0% (laughs) Destiny. 400% Overwatch. Sorry. (laughs) 0% Heroes of the Storm. Oh god. Negative 10%. I'm about the new new Diva skin they released for that. That's only for... Only if it's Overwatch adjacent. Do we let you get that? I know. I'm sorry, Stan. I'm sorry, Stan. You never, never got into hot. I'm back, by the way. Woo! Finally, how many weeks has it been? Three weeks? I think it's been two or three. I think it's been many weeks, not counting the um, our D and D episode. Well, we tried to have the whole band together, but uh, Ryan is on call. She's a doctor, Doctor Marlowe, on call. All right, I have to say that if Ryan was a doctor. Her infatuation with horror would creep me out a little more. She's like yeah. that, um, that spooky, sp- spooky murder man. Um, from <laughs> I just realized, <laughs> I just realized I was going into something that I don't think anyone else would know, and so it was just no. Go on, who is spooky murder man? man? All right, listen. <laughs> when I was ten years old, right, I went on a hayride with my parents. Right, and it was like one of those Halloween hayrides or whatever, and it's like one of those things that goes through the the woods or whatever, and it's supposed to be like spooky or whatever. And there was like a a guy who was like a doctor, and he was just like chilling in the woods, you know, as you do as a doctor. And he's like, "Welcome, everything's fine here. I'm a good doctor." And then he like cut some guy's throat open. <laughs> so, <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> anyway, 
Ryan, don't be spooky murder man. Uh, I was going for, like, you know, the island of Dr. Moreau. Okay, that works. All right, well, I just want it to be known, Stan. I don't know if you listened to our episode last week. But Ryan's snake horror was amazing. Oh. I haven't I haven't heard it yet because I haven't <laughs> seen it, so I'm, I'm it's waiting. Be- it's pretty beautiful. Well, yeah, that's why I said I wasn't sure if you heard it. But, um, yeah, I'm still waiting to listen. You, you definitely, the minute you see it, like right after, you have to listen to that episode. Because me and Chris fucking torture Ryan. Yeah. It's kind of great. We might as well summon up Pennywise into the, the tape, because Ryan's fear is real. But, Stan, please go see It so soon. Or I'm so planning to. Really soon. It's so good. I'm planning on it. I will go see it with you. Perhaps. Heck, I'll I'll drive up to New York City just to see what you guys, because I saw an empty theater. It was really lonely, but it was still fun. It was just, I just wanted to be freaked out with other people. Those are the best, though. Those are the best theaters. The empty ones. Sometimes, empty sometimes. Ones. Do we have news? Yeah, we do have news. We have a ton uh, of news. So, yeah, let's go into the news flash, the news bus. Tiger. Uh, so this uppercut. So one of the biggest news pieces that popped up completely by surprise about two days ago, Dragon Ball Z Fighters has an update. So we got three new characters. Whoop, so whoop. obviously, we're talking about the most important character, Yamcha. Yes. Yamcha. Yeah, he's gonna yes. be the best OP. I will be. I would not be surprised if they make Yamcha the most OP character in their game. I am one hundred percent ready for I, Yamcha. I just want in this Yamcha game. with his baseball skin. You think his taunt is going to be his death pose? That would be funny. I think I'm actually really hyped for Yamcha and Tien because I'm glad that they're giving love to like a wide variety of characters in this game, and because it's Arc Systems. I feel like this is a better shot at these characters being relevant in this game. Because, you know, like, nobody fucking plays Yamcha in Xenoverse 2. Like, that's... Nobody plays Yamcha in Budokai or Tenkaichi or whatever. But, like, I feel that in this realm, because it's more of a fighting game, there's more viability for the characters that aren't, like, OP, like, max power in the anime. And Yamcha... Yamcha also, like, really good with hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, say say all the jokes you want about Yamcha, but like I really like the Wolf Fang Fist as like a move, and I think that might be really interesting to use in like a fighting game. Uh, just to backtrack a little bit, so all of this was revealed in the latest issue of V Jump. So it has a bunch of awesome looking screenshots, uh, including Yamcha, Etienne, and of course the brand new character uh, Android Twenty One. Just with Yamcha. Um, it looks like he can use his spirit ball special. Uh, Wolf Egg Fist, is, it's gotta be in there. I'm not sure what other signature checks uh, he will have. Um, as as for Tien, he got his Neo Tribeam attack, which is one of my favorite attacks ever. It's, it's so good. And Chiaotsu, unfortunately, is not a main character. He, he's been demoted to a side or support character. So I'm thinking maybe Chiaotsu's one of, maybe one of his support moves is he blows up. Like a Cyberman <laughs> jumps off screen and just blows his ass up. Um, I hope they have taunts in this game and that one of Yamcha's taunts is the one where he turns to the screen and smiles and he's missing a tooth from Dragon Ball. Like, oh I don't know my if you god, that would be awesome, awesome too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, really, I, I'm really excited about Tien too. Tien's one of my favorite characters in Dragon Ball. 
he's like my favorite like normal guy, even though he's got three eyes. Just like you, Chris, t- uh, Tri-Beam is one of my favorite moves, like, ever. Um, so good. I had the, uh, the uh, it was like a two-page scan or whatever that revealed all this stuff, and I have the translation. I don't know if you guys read the translations. No. I, I posted in the Facebook group. Go ahead. Group, uh, Facebook, Facebook.com slash GrooveSlashSuperNerdPals. So the translations are by someone named Dark Denizen from Shonen Games, with a Z, dot com. And it just basically goes through what you already said, more or less. Um, his... Yamcha's meteor ultimate attack is called the True Wolf Fang Fist, which sounds incredible. For Tien, his volleyball attack is uh, called, I'll, re- I'll just read it right here. It says, this, the nostalgic sports uh, bujutsu fusion volleyball attack. Combine this with Chaozu's super abilities to seal your opponent's movements. So that sounds really cool. Let's see. And for Android 21, which I'm also really excited for, it says the mysterious scientist Android 21 finally shows herself. The challenging pressure behind her cool gaze. Her true identity is Android 21. It says a rival to Dr. Giro's intelligence. Could she be connected to Android 16's resurrection? The character surrounding the mystery has finally been identified in the end. Basically, so there's the th- the interesting thing, and it's it's an illustration by uh, Toriyama himself. So the really interesting thing about this is that they don't show any um, in-game cutscenes, like actual fighting matches with her in it. So there's some speculation that she might just be a story mode character, but I hope that's not the case because I don't know if you ever played like Blaze Blue or any of those kinds of games. There's usually characters that are in the story mode and cutscenes that aren't actually playable. And they typically end up becoming playable at some point in the future. I I have a feeling that she that they didn't reveal anything scan wise because they don't want to reveal any of her moves yet. That could be. I the feel case like also. they kind of want to keep her her move set a secret because let's say she has moves equivalent to sixteen. It's just going to show us that she has in one way or another something to do with sixteen. Yeah. So. What do, you, what do you think her identity is? Because I feel like, personally, I think she might be related to 16, because they look really similar in terms of, like, hair color and stuff. Like, maybe... Um, so, there on this article from Siliconera, which is also uh, very vetted with, uh, like, like Japanese uh, video game and anime news, uh, they... I don't, I don't know if they... I don't know that they translated something from the same source or is it speculation, but I'm reading here that 21 is a scientist with an intellect that rivals Dr. Giroux. So maybe they were rival. She was a rival with Dr. Giroux or maybe they were like former research partners and they split. Um, but again, it's very, very sparse information. And I don't know. I've, I, I've, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that, She's somewhat really. She's somehow related to sixteen. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like sixteen was based or his android form or appearance was based on like a biological son of hers or something like that. Maybe. Um, I know she's definitely not Doctor Giro's creation because she would have had a red ribbon symbol somewhere. So okay, um, I'm gonna go deep in the lore for a second, the Dragon Ball lore, um. Based on things that I've read, and I feel, I think, not 100% sure, but things that I've, I feel like Toriyama has said himself, that Android 16 is, he's fully mechanical, so he's not like a, a cyborg like 18 or 17, but he's based on Jiro's son, who's like dead. 
And so maybe Android 21 is Dr. Jiro's biological daughter? Like, so Android's, the living version of Android 16 is potentially maybe her brother, like her actual brother, and that's why they look similar. So maybe, like, that's why she's not a creation. She's not a mechanical creation of Dr. Jiro. She's Could- a. Could it also be, all right, now I'm, I'm going to go a little deeper into that. Could it also be that the death of Jero's son tore away Jero and his wife, and his wife decided to, like, turn herself into an android, while Jero decided to try to recreate his son as an android? Do you think this could be Dr. Jero's wife? Possibly. Maybe. It's, I would like that theory. That would be pretty it cool. It says, it, the translation does say arrival to Dr. Giroux's intelligence, so you can take that to mean, like, just a rival scientist, or that she's as smart as he is, or that there are, like, actual rivals. Like, maybe you're right, Andy, and they used to be married, and Giroux, and 16 is based on her son, or maybe she's the long-lost daughter of Giroux, and I don't know. But I'm interested in seeing more about her character. I really like her design. I think it's super cool. I like the androids in general, so I like that there's a new one. Yeah, I love the androids. I love seeing a new android. Do you think she'll ever show up in Dragon Ball Super? Because that would be really dope. If she's popular enough, she definitely would. Yeah. She's designed by, by Toriyama, so, you know, it's not like she's like a non-canon, like, brawly type that just only exists from somebody else in the movies or whatever. Don't remind me, Stan. <laughs> I have Kale. I have yeah, Kale, though, Kale. so it's okay. I got Kale. But yeah, really, really exciting news. So, I mean, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, just game of the year already. Just, uh, I'm the, cannot wait. I'm not joking. That it's my most anticipated game for 2018, and Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out next year. So I take just that as want it to be known that I am extremely heavy into Marvel vs. Capcom, and I had the Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite collector's edition reserved and i canceled that reservation the minute they announced fighter z's special edition just so that i can spend my money on that rather more versus capcom good choice (laughs) good choice very good choice Andy. and do you still are you still planning on getting infinite hell no okay (laughs) even even (laughs) better choice and then um recently Someone actually got their copy of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, their collector's edition, somehow this early. And um, I'm not even joking. The the Infinity Stones look like Easter eggs in a fancy case. I actually, I, see the, I saw the picture you're referring to. They look like garbage. Yeah, they look fucking terrible. That's a lot of money for a really bad collector's edition. It's a lot of money for garbage. Andy, you got the collector's edition for uh, Xenoverse 2, right? I did. That, that, As far as I can tell from your reaction when you got it, that was a pretty dope collector's edition. Yeah, it was definitely the best collector's edition I've ever spent money on. So I'm, I'm hoping for something similar for Fighters when it comes out. Yeah, I mean, Arc System never disappoints. Yeah, and, and Dragon Ball does pretty good when they do come out with their collector's editions for stuff like that. You know, they don't give you like a cheap like figure they actually give you like an official like like for Xenoverse 2 it was like a Master Stars figure. And it was um I think when we got it for uh Xenoverse 2, I think it was like two or three weeks before the actual figure released. And it had like exclusive coloring and shit I remember reading yeah. about. So I know for the the figure for for this special edition is another Goku. Um I would really love if it there's like an alternate edition like you know a dent uh 
like laterally towards the special edition there was like a, a figure of android 21 that'd be so good that would be dope i would i would i would i would buy all, all the things for that yeah i, w- oh, I would so. also yeah that's that's the only thing with me is that they always go to goku if it's going to be a collector's edition type thing i don't know i mean the mascot character i mean yeah. it makes sense but hopefully at least one of the the um art cards or whatever that's coming with it it's going to be 21 i'm pretty sure it will be yeah because they haven't revealed the rest of the art that's coming with it so awesome dragon ball z fighters uh, send us a tweet or send us a message uh, on your thoughts on Android 21 or just any of the characters. Like if you're really excited for Yamcha or Tien or, or your thoughts on Chaozu. Um, yes, please. And... Please tell us your thoughts on Chaozu. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that uh, boy been up to? Chaozu, if you're listening, please tweet us. Got to know what you've been oh, up man. to. <laughs> In terms of Dragon Ball swag, I know I mentioned this or I think we talked about it a long time ago on... Uh, episode of anime is weird but sometime i think within the last year uh they released this amazing exploding chaozu backpack it's like that screenshot of like oh i've actually seen that yeah yeah we actually seen it in person no way yeah um i'm pretty sure it was like at a comic-con oh snap i want that bad it's so morbid but i want that (laughs) backpack so much (laughs) chaozu is exploding on your back yeah oh gosh Alright, uh, so to follow up with some other anime-related news, um, so this uh, this was released um, about three or four days ago. So, Shirichiro Watanabe, uh, most well-known for Cowboy Bebop, uh, Samurai Champloo, Space Dandy, um, The Animatrix, Kids in a Slope, uh, it's announced that he's going to be directing and animating a prequel anime film uh, for Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner, uh, Blade Runner 2049. This particular title, or, or anime prequel film, is going to be called... Blade, Blade Jogger. Runner. Blade <laughs> Jogger. Blade Speed Speedwalker. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's called Blade Runner Blackout 2022. Uh, so 2022 may, be, uh, may seem like a random year, but according to the Warner Brothers canon... Uh, it's a significant year because there's a huge EMP detonation that occurs in the world of Blade Runner, causing massive destructive implications all across the world. So I was not really sure if that's if that's going to be the main plot point. I and mean, we've seen um, basically a bunch of behind-the-scenes screenshots and commentary of Watanabe working on some raw scans, raw uh, cells. Uh, we see two characters one of them is like a i think it's a female replicant or maybe a, she's a female agent but she has like this uh raggedy mad maxi looking cloak on and then you got this um this i guess this police officer or this maybe a government agent with this really cool haircut like a really cool hair design uh african-american with this really awesome trench coat uh, sunglasses he looks so dope um we don't really know much except for uh, know much about the film, but I'm just excited. Guatanabe is just is coming back doing another work. You know, he's no stranger to sci-fi or cyberpunk, and uh, this will come out on the uh, wow later this month, September 26th. So it's gonna come out really soon. I believe that that's next week. Mm. Yeah, that's actually I was expecting to come back. Uh, I come out. Uh, well, I mean. 
Blade Runner 2049 is actually coming out October 6th. Wow, I didn't know. Wow, this is. I'm doing my. <laughs> and it's available I'm doing all now. My homework really, really badly. Such fail. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. Um, so this is a lot sooner than I expected. That happens. I mean, hell, Comic Con's in like two weeks. Jeez. Yeah, SMP Summit. What up? Actually, that's coming out the weekend of Comic Con. So I wonder if they're going to do special screening at Comic Con for uh, for Blade Runner. Maybe. You want to know? You want to know a, a cool fact about me, you guys? I never seen Blade Runner. Stan, <laughs> Stan, you want to know a cool should... fact about uh, me? What's up? I too have never seen Blade okay. Runner. Oh goodness. I mean, it's been on my watch list for, like, a long time. I just never got around to it. Well, actually, have you heard of any theaters that are doing, like, double features or, like, marathons? No. Oh, that's weird. There's been multiple cuts of Blade Runner. There's, like, the director's cut and, like, the final cut and, like, some other cut. I I, th- I, th- I think there's, like, three different cuts. But that's really surprising there hasn't been any announcements for, like, a marathon version. Anyway, Watanabe. He is going to be doing an anime prequel, and I'm so excited. That's just oh, so good. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll probably check out that anime once I check out the initial Blade Runner, because uh, I don't want to be lost. Well, it's a it's a Blade Runner prequel. Oh, the the yeah, oh, it's a prequel, the prequel to the new movie, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so is, a, is it a sequel to the first Blade? It's Runner? a sequel to the first Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> what year does Blade Runner take place in? The original one? Oh gosh. Uh, uh, so it takes place in 2019. So it's like oh god, it's later. almost Blade Runner. Well, I mean, good news, guys. It's it's 2017, so we survived the third impact. So we survived Evangelion, and we're okay. Oh, so that's we're all true. Good. This is true. Third impact happened in 2015. So all the angels have passed by. All the angels passed by. You know, when. You know, humanity's not a giant pool of primordial soup, which is Not great. yet. Not yet. <laughs> now we have to survive Blade Runner. I think we can do it. I believe in us. We'll try. Um, and that's it for the news. So, Andy, uh, your, uh, what's your topic for the week? Uh, actually, over the weekend, I went to Heroes and Villains Fest in uh, New Jersey. How was that? Awesome. And, um, so, I don't know if I've... If, Everyone knows what Heroes and Villains Fest is, but it's basically where all the all the Marvel and DC superhero shows. It's just a convention with all the actors and actresses. So they do like different panels, they do meet and greets. It was actually pretty cool. Um I got to meet a lot of the cast for Gotham. I got to meet Cisco from The Flash. It's cool. Oh, sweet. Um I got to meet Curtis from Arrow, um, from Gotham, I got to meet uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, Butch. The Bruce Wayne, billionaire playboy? The the playboy billionaire. Um, Poison Ivy and Penguin, which was fucking awesome. So, the first thing I went to there was um, a Gotham panel, and they were talking about... <laughs> Stan's meme distracted me. <laughs> um, they were talking about like things that they they kind of like aspire for the new season, like that they that they want from their characters. Basically, uh, the kid that plays Bruce Wayne, he was talking about how he wants to play Damian Wayne. 
Oh, that's really and cool. His reason for wanting to play Damian Wayne is pretty funny. He said like Damian Wayne's an asshole, and he's he he's always wanted to play an asshole. And I was like, that kind of works. But I could really see him as Damian Wayne. I think he would be a good cast for Damian, um, especially since they have that Teen Titans TV show coming out. Cast Damian. Well, what you doing? Yes, that'd be that'd be amazing. Like, I really liked, I mean, I, I'm horrible at keeping up with Gotham, but I really like that kid. And I think he'd be, I think that'd be a great, challenging uh, new role for him to do. Well, the next season of Gotham is going to be uh, Bruce more towards the Batman role. Uh, he's still, he's still pretty young, but he decided that, like, he's going to fight crime and try to, like, clean up Gotham. Which, spoiler alert, doesn't happen. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm Batboy. Stan's gonna be his new sidekick, Batboy. Nice. And are you gonna be the ring? Oh, you bet your fucking ass I'm gonna be the ring. It's between that or Nightwing. I mean... No, wait, who's gonna be Wing of the Night? Wait, I think we'll be... Wait, Wing of the Night. Oh yeah, oh, Wing yeah, of well... the Night. I'm sorry. <laughs> wing of the Night. Stan's gonna be Girl of the Bat. But yeah, it was it was a really fun and like cool convention. You didn't necessarily have to like pay for autographs and pictures to meet people. So I was just like walking up to random booths and just like talking to them. It was Oh, so so it wasn't like you just pay for an autograph line and like like 2 seconds they're just chilling at a booth and you you could just I mean, it's, walk up and talk to them. It's basically like an autograph line, but um the Gotham panel was in the the beginning of the show. So I feel like that hype kind of died down, and um, towards the end of the show, when I was about to leave, I passed by it one more time, and the entire, like, all four of the people from Gotham that were there, their booths were right next to each other, and none of them had lines, so I just kind of, like, went up to each one, and I just, like, had a conversation with everyone. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. There were people whose lines were fucking ridiculous. It's the guy that played Diggle from um, Arrow. The guy that played Cisco, his line was insane. I was waiting on that line for like two and a half hours, but it was well worth it. Um, who else? I don't know if you guys... Well, Stan definitely doesn't, but in Arrow, they introduced a character, Adrian Chase. He's like some villain. The actor that played him was amazing, and his line was ridiculous as well. So there were just some of those actors that were, like, insane lines. Brandon Ruth was there. His line was, like, non-existent. But he's Superman. Oh, oh. That's what and I was he, saying. I was like, yo, he, he, is, Adam. he was Superman. Why the fuck does he not have a line? Oh, that's really sad. Iris barely had a line. Yo, if I knew that, I would have came with, like, a copy of Superman Returns on Blu-ray, and I'd be like, yo. <laughs> he's... Sign that for me. Or no, bring bring him a copy of Man of Steel. <laughs> Can you sign oh this? Oh <laughs> my god. Ultimate uh, sign that, of disrespect. The troll is real. Bring him a box set of like Smallville. Just, <laughs> just to, like let him explain that. Or, no, that's actually or that's not bring me. a copy of every single Superman related material minus Superman Returns. Oh no. <laughs> He's like, hey, aren't you Dean Kane? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're Henry Cavell, aren't you? 
Jeez, that would be terrible. All right, listen. All jokes aside, I would have loved to meet Brandon Ruth. Like, he's part, like, whatever you want to say about Superman Returns, he's part of, like, the Superman, like, pantheon in some in some respects, so. I mean, I would have loved to meet him, too, but I was already, like, 45 minutes deep on uh, Cisco's line, and I was like, I've committed this long, I'm not moving. Respect your Superman. That's all I gotta say. Who's your most respected Superman? Christopher Reeve, right? Obligatory. Also, Dean Cain. Probably Christopher Reeve for me as well. Listen, Dean Cain kept it alive, right? When there was like nothing else going on for Superman, he was there. Yo, I love, I love the Adventures of Lois and Clark. I used to watch that all the time, like after school. That was great. Actually, like I've never watched that show. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty corny, but like in a good way. I've also never watched Smallville. Me neither. That's my biggest regret. I should go back and rewatch Smallville one time. I I was watching Smallville like season one. I hear it's um, very then, drama filled. Yeah, I mean it starts in high school and it it starts out with um like a villain of the week format where a bunch of these like a bunch of kryptonite infects the town. So every like a new kryptonite based power or uh kickstarted power happens like for one one uh, episode this guy starts melting down kryptonite and like basically he, he uses it as like a super form of steroids um then it, then it further advances into uh like story or series long arcs like there's one really weird one i think it was like season three or four where uh lana lana lang gets in gets possessed by the spirit of some witch. Okay. Which was... Yeah, it was okay. It was, yeah, it <laughs> was right. weird, but it was... All right. Uh, and then by the end, by the end of uh, Smallville, it starts really leaning hard into, like, the building of the Justice League stuff and, like, Darkseid and, you know, Clark finally taking on the mantle of, of Supes. And then the series uh, ends. It's really cool. And then the series ends, so it hypes you up for nothing. <laughs> yeah. I just... I'd probably watch the first season of Smallville and then just give up because I, I kind of, I'm not a huge fan of like, oh, let's have all the villains show up in some respect before the the person even becomes the hero. The golf does the same thing, you know, like all the villains are like there already. So it's like, it's just like kind of, it's like, why not just make it, make him Superman? Why not just make him Batman? Why not just do a time skip and just like, let's, let's stop the foreplay. Let's just get it going. Well, I'm pretty sure the original plot was to like, for Gotham was to like build on the character and then do a time skip to where he's Batman. So if they would have did that, it would have been interesting. But I also really like the route that Gotham is going. And like, it's, it's not more so of like, let's fuck shit up and kill Batman. This is more of like the villains basically establishing, establishing relationships with each other as well as making, like, enemies with each other. Uh, I think the show is more for the villains than the hero. And also, uh, Smallville establishes um, a continuity where Clark and Lex Luthor, like, grew up together, more more or less. I mean, they, uh, they have, like, this friendly... friendly rivalry, uh, but basically, like, Lex and Clark were... As, well, I mean, I guess I don't. I don't know if it's the same for Clark to Lex, but Lex was to to, to Lex. Clark was one of his best friends, and it uh, that's a huge arc in, in the story where it 
uh, develops like the visual divide and the risk and conflicts between the two and how they it leads to them being like mortal enemies but michael rosenbaum is he's like one of the best lex leaders out there ever um he's a very he's a very very good lex and i kind of wish he would uh step back into the role in like some property someday he like he took superman off his top eight on myspace <laughs> yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> all right but yeah um heroes and villains fest it was fun. It was definitely awesome and well worth it. I'm definitely 100% going back next year. Cool. And, uh, yeah. So, let's move on to comic book, uh, comic book news and pools. Anyway, what do you got for your pool list I got uh, this week? Wing of the Night issue 29. Oh, snap. Um, I haven't really been keeping up with Nightwing recently. I haven't been keeping up with comics recently. Um, my life has just been a little crazy, but I do plan on catching up to Nightwing, and I plan on catching up to Walking Dead, so that's definitely happening soon. Nightwing is always on the top of my list. Yeah, I'm reading through the synopsis of this. It looks, this sounds so, like, everything that Dark Knight's Metal is doing, it's just so over-the-top and mind-blowing. This one, like, here, um, I... It looks like uh, Dick or Nightwing's stuck in... Well, he's fighting off Mr. Freeze, and there's Frost Giants in here coming from the Dark Multiverse. And I don't know if it's like a future Nightwing or something like that. I don't know. It looks, it looks really dope. Like, I just love every, like, everything that Metal is doing to affect the rest of the DC uh, lineup. I, I have to read that, too. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it when it, once it goes to trade. I think I just can't like keep up with another event right now. Um, speaking of Nightwing, though, like Andy, you should keep an eye on the most recent Batgirl arc um, that's happening. Uh, started with issue 14 a couple of weeks back. It's uh, Batgirl and Nightwing team up to solve a very weird crime that has ties to their origins as like when they first met. And it's got, like, a very cool, like, I know what you did last summer vibe, where, like, the villain is sort of like, I know what you guys did, and, like, back, back, um, sorry, Nightwing and Batgirl are like, oh, shit, like, that time, and then there's, like, all these, like, flashbacks to when they first met, and, like, something happened, but we don't know yet, like, that they never spoke of before, Nightwing and Batgirl. So That it's, sounds like, fucking awesome. It's cool. And there's, like, this new villain called the Red Queen that's, like, Mad Hatter-themed, and in the first issue of the arc, she beats the shit out of the Mad Hatter and puts him in the hospital, so they have to go- <laughs> What they have to go. They have to go to the Nightwing and Batgirl. Have to go to the hospital to see um, Mad Hatter, and he just starts screaming about the Red Queen and like she like fucked up his face or whatever. It's crazy. That sounds really awesome. Yeah, that sounds amazing. It's, it's a really. It's it's All only right, been so one issue so far, but it's been good so far. Good to know what I'm picking up when I go to the comic store. Hell yeah. Uh, for me, um. Like I said before, I'm really enjoying Dark Knight's Metal, and there's a, a new tie-in coming out this week. It's called Batman: The Red Death Number One. Um, it's a tie-in. So I don't know how many issues will be, or if this is the only one, but uh, it looks like it's going to be an issue focusing on the dark multiverse, like evil Batman that's based on the Flash, because the cover has um, like a, a, a Flash silhouette with like a broken bat symbol. And it looks really dope, and I just, I just want, I just want all the Nightmare Batman stuff, and I'm getting it. So it's Christmas came early for me, so I'm gonna pick up this book. <laughs> how's, 
how is the arc good? The the event thing. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. It's it. I I highly recommend it. Well, I know it's the creative team from like the Batman book, like doing this. So like Capullo and Snyder or whatever. And I really like the art, and I like the way that they do the storytelling. It's just so many events, dude. <laughs> Just so many events. Did did you know? I I bet you didn't know this. Spider Man Two is happening right now. Also, the the Miles Peter Parker arc uh, event. Yeah, I I was scrolling through. I, I saw it. I was like, uh, meh. I read the first issue of that, and I had no idea when issue two came out. But they're already on issue three. It's it's cool if you read the first Spider Man, but it's just like at this point, like I'm not gonna go back and hunt down the second issue. You know. <laughs> I, I blame Marvel. Marvel fucked it up because if there was no like Secret Empire going on, I'd probably be like, sure, I'll fuck with Dark Knight's metal. But no, not now. I didn't even read Secret Empire. It's just I'm exhausted. Then there's like Venomverse going on right now. Yeah, oh, yeah I forgot. I forgot for a second that was still going I'm on. I'm tired. <laughs> if it, I I know you're exhausted, Stan, but like Dark Knight's metal is really really good. I'm gonna pick up the trade for sure. I just, okay. I just don't know if I'm just no not right now <laughs> I promise I'll read it I'm gonna hold you to that Stan yeah I'll, I'll read yeah, it it's on tape it's on tape it's canon don't worry I'm good for it <laughs> cool um, and Stan uh, you mentioned before you don't have any pools for this week no I eight eight comic books came out last week for me so I'm good. what you get um, infamous, infamous Iron Man, which is nasty garbage. Stay away from that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where's? Hold on. Wait. Wait, is infamous Iron Man that the Doctor Doom Iron yeah, Man? Yeah, yeah, it's real bad. Don't. It's, garbage, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a real bad time. Don't. I'm so sorry. Don't give it. Don't give it. No. None of your intention. It's listen. There, it's and it's all right. They lied to us. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they just done, oh. they done did a lie, and and I'm very upset about it. They they pretended that it was going to be an ongoing, and I'm I'm sure that they had the intention of it being an ongoing, but then uh, Legacy and Generations and all that shit is coming up now, and so now they're ending it with issue twelve. And, um, yeah, it's not, Bendis did the writing on it, right? So he laid down all these like seeds and these long-term things that you expect to pay off. And it's made the whole series like super slow and boring, but you're like, oh, this is like a slow burn. I got to get into it. And now they're just like, no, no, here it is. It's over. Okay. Next issue. We're done. Bye. See you later. (laughs) And... (laughs) So speaking of whatever I was just talking about, okay, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, so I didn't want to really get into this right now, but it's kind of pissing me off the more I think about it. They set it up like it was supposed to be this long-term, like, slow burn that was 
honestly very fucking boring. They try to do this redemption thing on Doctor Doom where they make him a good guy, but like in doing so, they do it in such a way where they strip out all the cool stuff about Doctor Doom, you know, like his over the top theatricality and whatnot. And they just make him like this regular dude who's like, Oh, I did some bad stuff, but I'm gonna be a good boy now. And everybody's just like, No, you're not. You're Doctor Doom. And he's like, No, I am. And he's like, Doctor Doom, you're under arrest. And he's like, No, I'm not. And he, le- he leaves prison. And that happens every issue. For 11 issues, this has been happening, and every issue they send um, Ben Grimm, like, the thing after him, and he's just like, I'm I'm part of S.H.I.E.L.D. now, and I'm gonna take in Victor Von Doom, because fuck that guy, and Doctor Doom's like, no, you're not, and he's like, well, I guess I'm not, and then he just goes away, and then he comes back the next issue to do the same thing, and it's, the same thing goes on and on, and they have evil Reed Richards, right, who's supposed to be, like, uh, the ultimate Reed Richards, who's who's a bad guy, and they've been setting up this whole thing this whole time where it's gonna be like, it's gonna be good Doctor Doom versus evil Reed Richards, isn't that fucking crazy? And I'm like, yeah, that's fucking crazy, I wanna read that I story. I remember you telling me about that, like, when this series first started. Yeah, okay, and so what happened is, it's not Reed Richards at all. And I don't know if that was intentional, or if Bendis was just like, oh shit, like, we gotta do something here. It's not him anymore. So this entire time, you, you've had Evil Reed Richards in the background going like, I'm gonna really fuck shit up for him, and he doesn't do anything. He hasn't done any, he doesn't do anything the whole series for 11 issues. And he's just like, I'm, you know what he did? He did one thing, he showed up to Ben Grimm's house, and he was like, hey Ben Grimm, hey, hey my buddy, the Mr. The Thing, I think you should kill Victor Von Doom, because he is a bad man. And then The Thing is like, well, that's not how you talk, because... <laughs> I don't. That's real weird. Reed, what? Where have you been since Secret Wars two years ago? And he's just like, I gotta go. Bye. Catch me on my mobile. And he just like dips. And it's just like doesn't make any sense. And then so he shows up at the end of the most previous issue, issue issue eleven, the one that I just picked up. And he's like, I'm here. I'm a bad guy. Ha! Fuck you guys. Actually, I'm not Reed Riches at all. I am Mephisto. <laughs> and I've been I've been tormenting your entire life up until this point, Doctor Doom, for the past eleven issues. And Doctor Doom's like, "Where you been? I ain't, I haven't seen you since issue ten. Like you haven't been here for ten issues. How are you tormenting me anyway?" So the cool, the, all right. The only cool thing about this whole series is at the end of the last issue, Doctor Strange shows up and he starts cursing a lot for some reason because he's Doctor Strange. But he shows up and he 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 has a meditation session with Doctor Doom, who's trying to figure out what like who Reed Richards really is. And they find out together that he's Mephisto. Now I've talked about this before on the podcast, but there's a really good comic book by Mister Hellboy. You know. Yeah, Mike Mignola, who did who did who did the art and the story of this comic book called Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange: T- Triumph and Torment, and the whole story for that book is that Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange go to hell to fight Mephisto to save the the soul of Doctor Doom's mom. That's the whole book. So the end of this series is treating it as like the rematch, like Doctor Doom and. Doctor Strange versus Mephisto round two, and they make references to that original story, which is really cool, but it comes out of nowhere at the very end of the book, and they've been talking about how it's going to be Evil Reed Richards versus Good Doctor Doom this whole time, and they didn't do that, and, and they've been talking about- somehow they changed it to Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom versus Mephisto. Yeah. And which, which is cool if that's what the intention was all along, but there's no indication that ever was the case up until now. And it's just been this whole annoying, like, really a boring thing that I've been stu- stuck with only because it's Doctor Doom and I wanted to see it through and it just hasn't been 
This is basically like Mercy killing this series. That's like, it's just... that's like if the new Spider-Man movie was like hyping up a vulture and was like, oh, by the way, it's not actually vulture, it's Green Goblin. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And it's just like super annoying because that's what I wanted to see. I also want to see Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom fighting Mephisto, but like they, they should have made that the thing or like they should have revealed that at issue six, which makes me think that the it, the series did get canceled, but Bendis is like had an interview or something where he's like, Oh, it's always been a maxi series. Like, well, it's not get the fuck out of here. Don't lie to me. I know <laughs> if that is, then, then you like, you never written a story before your life because you don't start nothing for 11 issues. And all of a sudden we're in the climax at the end of issue 11. That's not how you write a story. <laughs> That's not how you tell a story. This has been literally the first act for 11 issues. Then all of a sudden they jump to the third act. It's like the doctor, um, the fantastic four movie. The new one, where they were just like, oh, it's the ending now. <laughs> it was like, time skip. We, we time skipped the whole middle movie, so Oh, it's the, it's the, the movie now. Anyway, yeah, like, I was gonna save my thoughts on it, but, like, just please, go away. The thing is, <laughs> this is this is gonna be the really cool thing, though. Marvel uh, Legacy, or whatever the fuck they're calling it, right? Um, they're doing a new series called Marvel 2-in-1, and it's written by Chip Zarsky, who, you know, Sex Criminals, Howard the Duck, Spectacular Spider-Man. And it's the thing teaming up with the Human Torch to find out what the fuck happened to Reed and Sue. And also has Doctor Doom in it. And it's so, so it sounds really interesting. And that's coming out later this year. And it, and I'm sure it's going to be really funny. And like a complete 180 from this like really bad like Suicide Squad, the movie, the comic book starring Doctor Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stan, I'm so sorry that I opened this can of worms and it's, made you relive all this trauma. It's fine. I just it, if I could save somebody from picking this book up, be- and there's no reason why he decided to become Iron Man. There's just no. He's just like, oh, I'm Iron Man now because there's no more Iron Man. But then it's like, oh, but there's Riri Williams who's Wait, Ironheart. What, what what happened to fucking Tony? He 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 fell and broke his hip or something at the end of Civil War Two. I don't know. He hasn't been here. <laughs> he's been gone this whole time since Civil War Two. Yeah. Riri, Riri Williams is now Iron Man, but they call her Ironheart because she's not Iron Man. But she's in um, the main Iron Man book, Invincible Iron Man. But Doctor Doom's like, I'm gonna be Iron Man because nobody's Iron Man. It's like, hold on a sec. I <laughs> I just want a message to go to Marvel. Get your shit together. Oh, what the fuck you're writing? Just do it. I'm doing good. Secret Empire and then infamous Iron Uh, Man. You go from it's so weird how like when this podcast started, we were all like me and Stan, we were both like so into Marvel and like "Eh, DC and now it's just like And DC Reaper like bust through the wall. Like hold on. (laughs) I mean I mean also in the lifespan of this podcast dc has done like two event comics whereas marvel has done like ten thousand. Not that's not even that's not even an exaggeration not no. even counting legacy and generations which is happening now there's all that there's good marvel books like i also picked up this uh, ben riley scarlet spider which is becoming really good now um unbeatable good, Squirrel because Girl. your first your first issue review was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, so anything after that is good, right? No, Scarlet Spider's been really good. 
Um, Squirrel Girl is obviously Squirrel Girl. Only Wolverine came out also. That's been really good. Um, Superman Action Comics came out with the the Mr. Oz, Dr. Oz, whoever. That, that dude. He's, they finally reveal who he was. And it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. I don't know if I should spoil it. Should I spoil it? Uh, yeah, go yeah, go ahead. All right, thir- jump ahead thirty seconds. Mister Oz is Jor-El, and he's real bad. And he's he- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Superman Dad is a bad man. He ain't good no more. Tell your friends. Don't tell your friends. It's a spoiler. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> ask ask them first if they want to hear it, and then tell them. Um, Motor Crush. Harley Quinn 25th anniversary special, which I haven't read yet. Um, Street Fighter versus Darkstalkers issue five. Tiger, uppercut, and that's that's it. I, ben and Riley Scarlet Spider is really good because they finally got past all that bullshit. The first few issues where Ben and Riley was being a real asshole. Um, death showed up in this issue, like the actual entity of death showed up to talk to Ben Riley because he keeps like the same, the same death that Thanos is in yes, love with. Yes. There's actually, ah. there's actually a page where, where Ben Riley is like, aren't you in Thanos? And she's like, Oh no, he's, she basically, he's- she basically <laughs> friend zones Th- Thanos in, in that issue. And it's like, it's really funny, but, um, uh, wasn't she, she ba- also at one time with Deadpool? They also bring that up in this issue. Interesting. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> They talk about they um, death and Ben Riley talk about Thanos and Deadpool and it's it's really interesting, especially getting like Death's perspective um, on that. And she she shows up because she wants to show Ben Riley that he's basically died more times than anybody else in the Marvel universe. And she shows him like this um, like different dimension where all of the souls of all the living are, and they're represented by these like pearls they look like pearls basically and she's like ben do you want to see your soul and he's like not really and she like shoves her hand in his body and pulls out this orb and it's like black and breaking and she's like you died so many times that your soul is actually breaking and the only way to reverse this is if you stay alive this time and like start to do better with your life instead of being like an asshole and ben's like oh shit and (laughs) so it's it's pretty cool and i'm excited to see where they're going now because they're they're doing a lot of work to sort of undo like years of like Ben Riley being in the trash can after after the clone saga so it's it's cool they're doing a better job of redeeming Ben Riley than they did in 11 issues of Infamous Iron Man for Doctor Doom so <laughs> and that was only in one issue yeah it's really it's, it's I'm really excited to see where they go with Scarlet Spider I'm happy I'm happy what they're doing with it and how they're like fixing it <sighs> Sorry for that really impromptu, very long. No, uh, no, no. no. The, yeah, <laughs> we had to we had to release the the pressure valve. And, I mean, listen, and, uh, we we also haven't had you on the show in a while, so yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. This is the reunion episode, except Ryan, come back, come back, Doctor Doctor Marlowe, pa- Doctor paging, paging, doc- paging Doctor Ryan. Uh, I'm gonna call anyway. her Doctor Snake. <laughs> You're gonna give her a heart attack, and then who else is gonna operate on her? Because none of us are qualified. Doctor Stan, let's be honest. Doctor Stan, Stan, are, are, you, are you going to medical school? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the same, yeah, yeah. No, no. Maybe we'll just get like a special guest medical 
uh, expert. We we just do we're we're just doing an operation live and and the sh- and, the, and the, we're doing the show at the same time. Good doctor Rajal Ghoul. Yeah. Is he a doctor? He uh, should be he a is doctor. now. <laughs> Who's he not is a doctor? Now. <laughs> is Doctor Doom is Doctor Doom a medical doctor? doctor? Hell no. no. Or, or no, I think he has like a, a like a, a master's of divinity or a master's. Is he, of philosophy he got his like PhD thing. in like crazy magic? Is that what he? Is? I mean, hold on, hold on. First off, let's let's rewind. He has his own fucking country, so he's whatever he wants. Oh yeah, that's true. He, yeah, he, he gave himself a doctorate, I'm sure. So yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty he, sure he, he controls point, the education system. At this point, Doctor Doom is fucking President Doom for all we know. President Doom, Chancellor Doom, Senate, Prime Minister Doom. Senate Doom. Yeah. The Knights of the Doom Table. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah. All right. Oh, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. Speaking of speaking of Mike Mignola and Hell Hellboy, uh, we have a bit of comic book news. Uh, so Lionsgate just dropped this out of nowhere. Uh, but we've got the first look of David Harbour from Stranger Things. As as Hellboy in the Hellboy reboot, and holy shit, this image—he looks—he looks swole, he looks dope. He still looks like Ron Perlman to an extent, which I think we will still please a lot of people because I know a lot of people like uh, Ron Perlman. Okay, wait, wait, beep, 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 beep. Breaking news! Breaking news! I just found out where Doctor Doom got his doctorate. Beep, 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 beep. Oh gas! Oh gas! <laughs> Do tell. He's not. A, he's not a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no! In, in, no, sue him for malpractice. Um, Dr. Doom went to Empire State University, was expelled. Um, in in Books of Doom number four, um, Dr. Doom and his title of doctor was self-appointed. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, just, he, just he got, expelled, he got expelled from school. It was just like, yeah, fuck you, I'm a doctor anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's found out that Reed Richards was a doctor and he's like you know what fuck that I'm a doctor too <laughs> you you won't hold this over me Reed Richards I'm a doctor too alright I'm sorry Chris Prince go out. on I just had the Prince out in four- I just had that breaking right. news no it's important it's very important news <laughs> uh, so David Hubbard he's looking badass as hell as the new Hellboy he looks really really cool um and um he that, is that just totally made ripped. My... Yo, yo, what it, what regiment is he doing and how can I get on that? That is oh, so good. Um uh, it's like I when the first what well, when the news first came out that David Harbour is gonna be Hellboy, uh I was already excited. And this is just amped it up to the next level. This looks so freaking good. Um this is not the only Hellboy news we've gotten. Um, so there was a there was controversy a couple weeks ago where Ed Screen or Ed Screen I don't know how you pronounce his name actually I'm sorry uh, but he was the the villain in Deadpool he played Francis uh, he was casted by or he was originally casted as Major Ben De, De Mayo. Uh but they stepped down uh, because uh, he realized it wasn't. Um, he wanted to make an ethical and moral decision and uh, paved the way for 
uh, Japanese American actor to take on the role as it should. Um, so he's been replaced by uh, Daniel Day Kim, who's probably most well known uh, on CBS's Hawaii Five O. Um, but this is a random piece of news. He recently left that show, so I guess that's why he's now suddenly available. Um, and he's joining the cast as DeMaio, uh, which is really great. And the rest of the cast rounding out, you got Ian McShane as Hellboy's adopted father, Trevor Brittenholm, and Mila Jovovich as Nimue, Nimue, uh, the Blood Queen, uh, Blood Queen. Um, so yeah, lots of really cool, exciting Hellboy news to look forward to. Um, but what are your thoughts on David Hellboy and Hellboy? At first I was iffy, but after seeing this picture, I can't fucking wait. Yeah, he looks just like Ron Perlman as Hellboy, like honestly, in my mind. It's like, insane. When I saw so this point. picture initially, um, there was no context to it. Someone just posted it and didn't like post a caption or anything. So, I was just like, why are they sharing a random-ass picture of Hellboy? But, like, I didn't realize that it was, like, the new Hellboy. Yeah, I had the same exact reaction where I just saw the picture out of context, and I was like, man, Rob Probe, he he got really in shape for the new <laughs> Hellboy. <laughs> but yeah, He looks good. I'm, yeah, he I'm, looks I'm really excited. good. Yeah. He's great in Stranger Things, so there's no doubt yeah. in my mind he's going to play a great Hellboy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Looking forward to it. I'm excited. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Mila Jovovich oh, also- after after not having work anymore with Resident Evil, she needs something else to go to. Yeah. <laughs> that was her bread I and mean, butter for like 20 years. Seriously. I mean, the Blood Queen is apt. I mean, she's basically a vampire. She has not aged in like 25 years. She looks great, and good for her. I'm glad she's going back to her bread and butter. I mean, the more you see her, the only thing that's ever different is her hair. Like, it's shorter, or it's longer, or a different color. But other than that, like, she looks exactly the same. <laughs> I believe she actually is a vampire. This is true. I, I, yeah. Or a Saiyan. Um, yeah. And then Ian McShane, I don't know what he's been doing other than... Well, I mean, he was in, he was in John Wick 2. Um, oh, that was another piece of news. Yeah, John Wick 3 has been announced, which I'm so excited about. Um, Ian McShane plays um, the leader of the the Continental, um, and he's he really he chews the scenery in every and every bit of John Wick. Um, so I'm glad he's in here, and I'm glad that John Wick 3 is going to be a thing. Um, so yeah, Ian McShane, I love him. Um, one last. Oh, and the one last thing to round out all the all the Hellboy news. Uh, Dark Horse has announced that it will be re-releasing all of its Hellboy comics as a series of six omnibus uh, omnibus editions. And if I remember correctly, I think it's in chronological order as opposed to like publication order, which is really really interesting. Um, so that you can look forward to that uh, across twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Nice. I might actually pick those up. I'm yeah. really mm-hmm. interested in those. Yeah, yeah. I picked up a few of the like the oversized coffee book editions. Like, oh my god! Like they're freaking huge, and like the art's blown up, and it's just, it's such, ah, uh, man. Like it's just, it's just an incredible 
uh, hardcover edition. Uh, it's not the entire stuff. I think it's still the uh, separate volumes, but like they're just blown up. So, so sort of similar to like the Attack on Titan Colossal editions. Um, but I'm really glad they're they're doing the hardcover omnibus now. It's so good. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for comics. That's it for comics. Uh, Stan, you did something really exciting this weekend. Yeah, I won't talk about it too much, but I saw uh, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope at the New York Philharmonic this past weekend, and whoo boy, my God, it was really good. Um, I guess. If you don't know what the New York Philharmonic is, it's a full orchestra. They're super famous. They're really good. And they basically scored the entire um, first original Star Wars movie um, in a theater setting. So it was it was really good. Um, I'd never seen A New Hope in theaters, like, in period. So I've always seen it, like, at home on DVD or on Blu-ray or on VHS or whatever. Um, so this was special for me just for that reason but also having the full orchestra there playing the music along with the film like just completely like recontextualized the film for me in a way that's like because you all the star wars music is super iconic right but like when you watch the movie it's not your central focus all the time it's usually like what's actually going on in the story right in the movie and so having it this way having like the full orchestra playing all this all the music made that the central focus and it really like highlights how amazing the soundtrack for star Wars is and how like complex and how fucking buck wild John Williams is for, for, for making that soundtrack. And it's, it was really good. It was like a once in a lifetime thing for me. And, and it was great seeing star Wars just in a huge theater full of people, but then seeing it with New York Philharmonic playing all the music was just something else i just i don't know what else to say beyond that like star wars is really good <laughs> like, what can i say <laughs> star wars it's really good um i will say though that like um i haven't seen a new hope since seeing rogue one um, this is the first time i've seen the movie from start to finish and there's like all these like things that i i guess gloss over or haven't picked up but like watching it start to finish in like giving it my full attention in a theater like really highlighted the way the actors like pretended that the clone wars was a thing that existed way back in the 70s when star wars was the only movie that there was you know and watching it with the context of rogue one and you know revenge of the sith and all that stuff like so add just so much like color to the background of that story that we only just know about and so i would totally recommend everybody who's listening to this to go back and rewatch a new hope and to really pay attention to the music and to watch it with the knowledge that you already have of rogue one and everything that's happening prior to this movie. Cause it's, I guarantee you, you're going to pick up stuff that you didn't see before just because of what you know now. And yeah, the way the music just like illustrates the whole movie is like really amazing, especially um in action scenes because you're getting like different themes and musical cues, like converging. Like you get the you get the Imperials and they're coming in and you get the heroes on in like a different scene entirely, but it's like all like high energy, but it's like switching seamlessly, and then you see like, you know, the strings playing certain things, and you see like the brass in the back and they're playing something else, and you got 
people on like the fucking drums like dun 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 and like there's a harp there's a harp over there and, and then you got the woman over there just plucking the harp strings and it's just like holy shit like i never even knew like how like i don't know shit about music but like even me like just sitting there i was just like wow there's like so many layers to this thing and it gave me a new appreciation for just i guess music in general <laughs> just <laughs> and then what it takes and like it's funny that you mention that because like me as as a musician like that's the first thing I actually pay attention to when I'm watching a movie is like the music and how the music uh, influences each scene. So like you could kind of tell how a story is going to go in a movie based on the music. And that's, that's most of the cases usually for like action movies. It's just like high energy hype music. But, like, for something like Star Wars, um, music usually, like, you can figure out where you are in the movie based on the music. Yeah. And, and it's really cool. Yeah, for someone with me has, like, no, like, experience with music, period. Like, it's it was definitely eye-opening, ear-opening, because it's, like, something that I never considered. Like, I, I, love, I love music, like, the next person. You know, just like anybody else, but it's, like, not something that I'm super familiar with in terms of, like, the technical or the skill aspect or, like, just listening for it. Because I'm, from my background, it's usually, like, I'm more of, like, a story person and, like, a writer person. So, like, I look for dialogue and, like, you know, arcs and shit like that. And so it really helped me see a movie in in a different way that I don't normally, like, pay attention to because I, you know, like... Everybody knows the Star Wars music, and I I have an idea of how music in movies and TV and whatever works, and video games, but like to see it actually happen in front of you live, in conjunction with the movie as it's going on, really clued me into like the piece that I was not fully attuned to. That I feel like I have a better handle on. Like I I want to go back and watch the other movie, like everything i guess really and pay more attention to the music you know because i understand that it's super important but it's just it's always something that sort of is in the background for me when i watch something you know what i mean so i mean i guess it kind of like depends because like you study in english um i studied in music so like it's just like it kind of also shows the different perspectives based on like your studies it's yeah, I'm listening to you guys. I'm listening to you guys, and like, it's funny that you, like uh, Andy, you're all about you're about music. Stands about like writing and dialogue. I'm about the, the imagery, and like <laughs> that's why I, that's that's why I love animation. That's why I love like I will I will like uh, more often than not like I find myself like watching the same movie over and over again, especially for like it's like, done. The, We're like, writing an write. SNP anime. <laughs> yeah, animated yeah. by Chris, written by Stan, music by me. Hell Done. yeah, let's do it. Done. Oh man. And like I just I just love rewatching stuff and just picking up visual cues that you know I I've never seen before or, or I haven't seen in a long time and and I and, and how like visual comp uh, composition, how like a, a shot is framed and um you know like like visual techniques. Uh so that's really interesting how we're all wired differently in different ways. Yeah. Um uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Stan, question: uh, Are they going to do an Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. As, so, uh, so Chris- I was going to say that for the rest of the year, they're doing all 
of the not all the movies, but four, five, six, and seven. So I think o- o- October is going to be Empire, and then mm. November is going to be Jedi, and then December is going to be Force Awakens. So they're going through all of them. That's and, pretty yeah. fucking sick. That's really really dope. So if you're in New York and you you have a strong desire to see Star Wars with a live orchestra and you have the money for it, I would definitely recommend you doing it because it's like it's really fucking good. It was really worth it, worthwhile. Not just for seeing it in like a theater setting or like hearing it, but again, like I said, it gave me a new appreciation for the a different component towards movies that I never really considered too strongly. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And if you could watch any movie with like a live orchestra. Any movie, which one would it be? Star Wars Episode Ooh. Four: New Hope. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, no, actually, I, I really want to see Empire. Empire is my favorite Star Wars movie, and I would really love to see it with the same orchestra and stuff. But mm-hmm. knowing, Andy, same question. Knowing that they're doing four, five, six, and seven, I really would like to see three. Mm. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. Because that that is like the fucking turning point for Anakin. And that that would be fucking epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I was really, really bummed. Uh, well, I mean, I had a g- good excuse for missing it, but Hans Zimmer was going on a live tour this summer. Uh, I think it... I don't know if... Uh, was it... Was it Burning Man? It was either I think it was Burning Man. He was he was performing and there, like some of the live uh, music or some of the videos that were being released was so insane. Like he walked out on electric guitar and started playing the theme to um, I think Inception. Um, and he was doing a tour the rest of the summer. And I missed out on that um, because I was abroad in the Philippines. So if I could see something with live, I want Hans Zimmer and like his his orchestra of choice scoring live like either obsession or the dark knight that'd be so amazing i would see the dark knight i love that movie yeah yeah cool well thank you stan that sounds really exciting and um if you could pop a link to the show dates for the future ones and maybe i think a lot of our other fans and listeners would really be interested in attending that as well yeah, yeah um, I'm definitely one that's interested in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so just to wrap it up, uh, I have a quick blurb about what I did this weekend, and uh, then we could wrap it up. Uh, so this weekend, for the second year in a row, I went to the Small Press Expo, uh, XPX 2017. Uh, it's this really cool uh, small indie uh, comic comic book publication convention in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, it's unique that it's only open to like indie publishers, creators, uh, um, and like uh, your, and like, like, um, and like small press, like it's like zines, uh, like newspaper comics and stuff. Um, so it's a really, really amazing gathering of like the most eclectic and diverse and, re- and really, really unique artists i've i've seen like i mean yeah i i travel the cons a lot and you and there, you know, there's always like an artist alley um but it's like 
I get your typical artist alley times a million, and it's just it's just like a such a really nice, uh, positive and and unique experience where you just have lots really cool indie do-it-yourself types uh just showing off their their works and trading ideas and um collaborating so i feel like with uh nowadays at cons i don't really spend a lot of money but when xpx rolls around it's just like you this is a convention where you you, you can find stuff you, you can't find legit like anywhere else um so i went and I'll, uh, it was a really, lot of it was a really really good time uh, a lot of my DC comic book friends were there, so I got to catch up with them, and I got to meet two really really cool people. Uh, so first, you have uh, Carrie Peach. Uh, Carrie Peach, she's uh, a really cool artist who's tapped on to do the official comic book art for the Adventure Zone comic. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, um, when it was just Andy and I, I. Uh, this is all at the same time when the Adventure Zone uh, finale dropped. Uh, for those who don't know, by the, the way, Adventure Chris, Zone, by the way, Chris, how fucking crazy was that finale? That, that finale yo, was so yo, dope. Yo, the Adventure I Zone, was moved yo, to tears. yo, don't don't even worry about uh, it. I'm already there. God, I'm there with you. My God, oh my God, it's my heartstrings. It's like my, so. besides this one, it's my favorite podcast. I think it's so so true. Yeah. Uh, there's like a giant void in my heart. I'm trying to fill it with other podcast but oh so good it's still going um, on though like it, they're still doing the podcast it is. just the, the, it is. the first arc is over and it's just whew. and they also have the, the austin live show which was uh, which came out last week which was which also was really great yeah that was good too that yeah good too. oh so good andy <laughs> andy and ryan please listen to adventure zone i i talked about it for I like, know, a, really like 30 to, minutes last I time i really need to check it out at the very so least good. you should get the graphic novel when it comes out by first second books because yeah. it's the first, With, it's the first uh, storyline of the of the campaign that they do. Yeah, they, here be go- Gerblins. They did, be go- they're gonna Gerblins. release it as a graphic novel. Yeah, it's coming out yeah, exactly. next year. So it's That's the first. That's fucking sweet. It's the first art. Yeah, and and I met the artist at XPX. She was super sweet, super nice, super bubbly, and awesome. Um, so the the Adventure Zone comic book is not out yet, like Stan said, but you can pre-order it uh, on their website. And if you uh, type in your receipt to their website. You also automatically get a digital comic based on uh, one of the most popular NPCs in in, in the show. Uh, his name is Angus McDonald. He's basically like a boy detective, like sort of like Conan from the anime. Um, but he's he's really awesome. He's super pop. He's a, he's a huge fan favorite. So you can get a free digital comic if you still pre-order. Um, but yeah, Kara's really cool. Um, so I got uh, a couple of zines from her and a couple of postcards. Um, she's doing a, uh, a, a postcard line called uh, Dungeons and Dragonborn. Uh, so she's basically taking a Dragonborn and applying a particular d class and making super cute drawings out of it. So I got the Dragonborn Bard drawing. It was the last one and, and it's so cute. And I love it. Um, I also got a I got a photo with her, so yay! So that was I uh, I was on a mission to get Taz merchandise at XPX, and I was not disappointed because I met Carrie. She's so cool. Uh, so you, you can totally find her at Carrie Draws on Twitter and CarrieDraws.tumblr.com. Um, the other really really cool artist I found uh, his name is Jacob Halton, 
and I was just wandering around, uh, and I what caught my eye? He, he did a couple prints. One of them was uh, the mutated flesh baby of Tetsuo from Akira. Uh, he also did a, a print of uh, the Doof Warrior from Mad Max Fury Road, and he was talking with other. Uh, another customer and he just name dropped like Evangelion he was talking about the manga uh so me and him just got into a long conversation about how much we love Evangelion and he pitched to me his book uh which was largely inspired by like the more like super trippy um esoteric and abstract moments of Ava and it was a direct uh inspiration of it uh so he wrote this really cool graphic novel which I think at the time, I think it, he, he, he kickstarted it, uh, uh, and uh, he's been releasing this uh, in print. It's called Boke Expressway, and like like he was telling me with the his, his big influences on Ava, uh, it has like these super psychedelic pages, uh, like these amazing, beautifully uh, drawn and painted uh, splash pages where it's like really. Like it's like super cosmic, like kind of sort of an acid trip kind of art. Have uh, you ever seen Samurai Champloo? That one episode where um, Mugen accidentally starts burning the the opium fields, or the Cowboy Bebop episode where they all take mushrooms and they all go on a trip, or even the entirety of Space Dandy. It's like half the book is like this super trippy, out of this world, out of mind, out of body experience kind of, kind of type of art. Um, Stan, if you uh, you and I are super huge JoJo fans, so like half the book is it? You know when when the artwork just switches to like these weird colors, like suddenly Jotaro is like is yellow and the entire background is purple. It's the book is like that and. Um, and the the I don't know I guess it was his fate because when I was talking to Jacob, um, um, it was like this perfect nexus of these visual cues that are re- that really impact me. And the the, the story material is really great too. Um, uh, he describes it as a trippy techno fairy tale. Um, so how he's describing the book to me, it's like it's, this is a story of what of uh, what happens uh, when your mind like listens to a song and it, it that song gets stuck in your head and it it captures you and that feeling you get when you lose that song and you you and and you re- rediscover it um and he's also he also spun in like the Ava references and how it's also references to like Greek mythology specifically the sirens like the these uh mystical beings that sing and they they drag sailors to the ruin uh because of their enchanting voices um so this this book is about this guy this kid who attends all these edm and nightclub and rave parties uh this instantly spoke to me because i love edm and i love going to, to live concerts and stuff and how he listens to this one trance song and has that same effect and it, it has like this enrapturing effect like how the he jacob does the art it's like the auditory nirvana that he gets from the trance music is like it's painted as like these really bright neon blue bandages that start wrapping around him and is like enveloping him. And um, he listens to the song and he spends like, like a week and a half, two weeks straight uh, trying to find the song again. And to no avail, he cannot find it. 
Um, so he goes to the club the next time, and he and then he finds this mysterious girl who's singing the song, and it goes to like this trippy psychedelic uh, extended chase scene, and that's where I'm I'm left at. Um, I'm at like halfway through the book, but um, it's like easily like. It's like the perfect nexus of visual elements and like I just love EDM culture and um, and it's 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 interesting. It's like a celebration of EDM culture, but also a like a critique of what's not so great about it, especially nowadays. Like where you know you have like the it's like the homogenization of music and how sometimes you know EDM is. is EDM is popular just because that's what it is, and there's not there's like in some pockets there's lack of innovation, um, and I I like I'm getting all sorts of like crazy dimensions from this, so um, I really recommend this book. Um, uh, Jacob Halton's name again. He's really it was it was really a, a huge pleasure to talk to, and he even um, he even drew me uh, a picture of Oscar from Ava inside the cover of my book. Uh, and he's a, he was a super nice guy, so definitely check him out and check out this That's book again. Dope. It's called uh, yeah, it's, I I love it. So this I cannot recommend this uh, this book. I enough. was looking through um, Google Images of the pages, and it looks really neon, like pink and blue and yellow. Green. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and it's great because like uh like uh, it's like it's like I guess like a sort of Jekyll uh, Doctor Jekyll Mister High kind of like transition because like in like in like the daytime like normal time it's like the colors are like very muted um very cool colors and then when it's when it goes to the nighttime when he's going out to raves it's like this this crazy kaleidoscope of purples and blues and pinks and it's just it's a really stark visual content uh contrast and it, it just plays perfectly well into the narrative i really i really really like that about this book so yeah, so that, yeah, definitely check it out and um, and support them. Support indie press. Support indie creators. Oh yeah, yeah, awesome. Thanks for your um, your recommendation. I'm definitely checking this shit yeah. out. Uh, thank you very much. Looks pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, but, that's it, right? We're done. Yeah, that's it. Stand close to it up. All right, pack it in. Pack it out. Super Nerd Pals episode one hundred and twenty-eight. I am Sangarski. I'm Andy Carasquillo, and I'm Chris Sampson. And you can find this on Twitter, the show at Super Nerd Pals. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. I don't know why I did that out of order. Sorry. It's okay. Stan's been a while since you hosted. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, Andy, where, where can they find you on Twitter? At Sweet Justice One. Where can they find you on what Twitter, up? Chris? And you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> we've never done this you before. You can find me on Twitter. This is the first time we've ever <laughs> sh- closed the show out. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K Y O Ninja for Hire. And Stan, where can people find our podcast? You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, SuperNerdPals.com, Facebook.com, slash group, slash SuperNerdPals. Google us. We're coming in your living we got, room. We everywhere. We, we everywhere. Through your device. Wise. Into your ears. <laughs> down into your brains. And we yeah. still float. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you, guys. Is, is, is Raya the sewers? Is that what she actually is right Maybe. now? Maybe. Pennywise is torturing her? her with snakes. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Ryan. So, we should, defi- so what we I should definitely go... So- is that Ryan we, yeah, is afraid of snakes. Well, it yeah, seems like we saved Stan from Pennywise, but in the process we lost Ryan. So now we gotta try to save her. God, guys, this is a zero-sum game. We gotta... We, the buddy system. Everyone has to t- hold on to their buddy. <laughs> <laughs> alright guys so we're gonna go find Ryan enjoy your week and enjoy the episode thank you guys for listening thanks for listening catch you next week peace out later